0: Welcome back to the Overlook podcast, everybody. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, former Washington State wide receiver Cassidy Woods. Cassidy has a very unique and timely story. For those that don't know, Cassidy was at the forefront of controversy stemming from his removal from the football team after his decision to opt out
1: of the season due to COVID-19. Cassidy was also a major part of the We Are United movement, which he believes played a larger role in his removal. In this interview, we get Cassidy's side of the story as well as his insight into the Pac-12 player movement and his plans for the season and beyond. So without further ado, here's Cassidy Woods.
2: What's up, what's up?
0: <laughs> Nothing much. Cassidy, what's going on, my man?
2: Nothing much. How are you, Emmett?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I, thanks so much for joining, man. I really can't tell you how excited I am to you know, have <laughs> you on today. I mean, it really feels great to be interviewing players again in this new age, you know, the sports revolution. So I'm <laughs> hyped. I'm hype. <laughs> How's your day been so far?
2: Um, Shoot, it's been good. Just been chilling. Cut a few heads today. Uh, that's really about it.
0: Oh, barber. You on
2: the barber wave. Oh, yeah. I'm like the team barber. I cut a lot of hair, you know, here.
1: Okay. You give me a ball fade right here, man. You know, line me up, too. Hey,
2: I, I do it all, bro.
0: I do it all. Right. right. You're also probably the team counselor, too. Everybody probably comes to you to kind of voice the frustrations that they're not able to tell at this moment. <laughs>
2: For sure, yep.
1: Uh, let's go ahead and jump into it, and uh, let's take about where you're from, man.
2: Yep, so I w- I was born and raised in Palm Bluff, Arkansas, then moved to uh, Dallas, Texas um, around 2009. Just been there ever since. Okay, okay.
1: so what made you kind of like jump into sports
2: and everything? Man, so seeing my uh, – I mean, my dad, he played basketball in Missouri. and just, just seeing him, my mom, um, she played basketball too in high school. Then my two other brothers, um, they were really good at sports in high school and very well known, so for me it was just like, Hey, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be better than them, you know, take it to the next level too. So they definitely pushed me growing up. And, you know, the people I look up to they are my biggest role models, my parents and my older brothers.
0: Totally. Is it all football?
2: Um, no. See, I have six other siblings. So um I have two older brothers, two younger brothers, and two younger sisters. But my sister, she just left for um college basketball. She's going to a JUCO in Oklahoma. And I think my three younger siblings, they are all gonna be basketball too.
0: Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. Awesome. Cause I come from because I come from a basketball family myself. I pretty much just went the completely other route, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, hey, it made for a great story. So uh so at, at WSU, let's just clear it up for the fans. What uh what position do you play in things like that?
2: Yeah, I play receiver, I'm a red shirt sophomore, was gonna be a red shirt sophomore. Um and, yeah, I was looking forward to starting this year because I had to wait my turn. You know, I played a little bit last year, um, but I had two dudes in front of me who, you know, going to the NFL now and then in the NFL. One place for the Indianapolis Colts, and another place for the Los Angeles Rams. So with football, you definitely have to wait your turn. And this year, I, you know, I was looking to really take it to the next level. Yeah, I completely understand you on that one, man, especially. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know how it go. You know how it go.
0: Man, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And so basically it all starts from us committing. You know what I'm saying? Like us making that decision to sign, you know, our our, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, you know, to these oh, universities. Definitely. And so what would you, why Why Washington State? Like what attracted you to to, you know, commit?
2: Man, so it's funny. Like, I thought Washington State was in Baltimore, Maryland. So, <laughs> hey, hey, look. Not know it was in the actual state of Washington. So it was just funny. And then it was just far away from home, you know. Um, my two older brothers, they stayed in Texas. And for me, I was just like, I want to see what's out there. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, experience life, you know, give something for my little siblings to look forward to if they want to, you know, go away from home too, so. When we got there, you know, it was different. You know, seeing the hills and mountains because you know in Texas, everything is you know just flat. You know, <laughs> the ground there's nothing above the ground. And so seeing that, seeing the hills, mountains, just the landscape of everything, it was real cool. And it was just a place where my family, where my parents felt, you know, it was very family-oriented. You know, the coaches were cool. Coach Leach. I mean, he throws the ball like crazy. So it was a, it was a done deal. Like for me, it's like hey. Come here, you know, build you some stats, you know they pass the ball every play with Leach's and his offense so that's back twelve <laughs> I'm like, hey i 'm going'm going there
0: <laughs> yes, sir, and because we were watching uh we were watching some old interview footage of you like post practice, and I mean mm-hmm. you seemed very happy, you know you mentioned coach leach again, like. So I wonder where exactly where was the moment that you felt it went south, you know, where you kind of felt a shift, you know, because coaching relationships is always it's key. It, it's, it's one of the biggest sure. reasons why us athletes, you know, commit to a school because of the coaches and stuff like that. So what changed?
2: Well, it was funny because like this. Offseason, um, I want to say during the winter time, when I went home in like December, January, because Leach, we, we found out on Twitter leisure report because Lisa has accepted a, accepted a job position at Mississippi State. He didn't even tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so we was like, man, so that's where it all, it all started. But I was like, I'm going to still stay here. You know, I could look elsewhere, but at the same time, you know, it's a reason why I'm here. I'm, I'm going to just stay here, stick it out, see what staff, you know, we're going to have. So that's when Coach Rolovich, you know, came in from Hawaii. It's funny. My coach in high school, Dan Morrison, he coached Coach Rolovich. So I'm just ah. like, okay, I run that same offense. You know, I'm already I already know the offense. You know, I know this coach, my coach, you coach for this coach. Match and, made you know, it. My heaven head right coach here. of high school, uh, his name was Tom Williams. He knew Coach Rollers too and the whole staff. So it was just like, Hey, you know, stick it out, stay at Washington State. You know, we know these we know these guys, you know, they're good dudes. You gonna, you're gonna light it up these next three years.
0: And, and then it's
2: just crazy how everything just went after that phone call with him uh, like three weeks ago on Saturday, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, man, because, um, I mean, your current status right now is very, very conflicting, you know, with you because of what you wanted to do when you first got there, you know. Yeah. You wanted to literally play ball, get to the league. You want to be one of those guys who can walk on that stage, you know. But, you know, you had to face some adversities, you know. There's things that came up to where that defines your character and define everything else, so. For sure. We pretty much just want to know, like, how are you handling that? Like, how are you adjusting that? Because those factors matter. And I feel as though, like, not many people kind of understand that those factors as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, people who never played collegiate sports think that it's so easy, especially for football. Football is so team-oriented. Like, it's different from any other sport. Basketball, you know, those dudes who get scholarships, they gonna play automatically. Football, it's not like that because you got such a big number on a team you know, so coming in as a freshman, that's tough to play as a true freshman. You got to be in the right situation. The right dudes got to be out there, you know. So um, when I came in, um, the two dudes ahead of me, you know, they were veterans on the team, so I had to wait my term. I already knew that, so I was just like. Yeah, next man up, you, know, uh,
0: you already know. After
2: our red shirt, sure, you know, after they gone, this, this is my time. Like this year, I was like, this is my time. And then when I got on the phone call, told my coach that I'll be opting out due to this pandemic and being a part of this movement, you know, I was standing up for what I believe in and for the injustice. For me, it's like I can't say I'm a person of faith and not stand up for injustice that's happening throughout the system. You know, that's just how I am. That's how I was raised. i seen my parents take out their neck for me and my siblings. And for me, it's just like, hey, this is a perfect time to do it. I stand firm by what I believe in, and I'm not going to change who I am just because I want to play some ball. Like, no, that's not.
1: Yeah, because you're an athlete, man. That's much for yes, sure. Yeah, for sure. Because, sure. I mean, back when we were playing – we're playing man, like we were focused on football and everything else. But when these situations occurred and just seeing how you responded and other guys part of the movement and everything, it just makes me like happy that y'all guys understand y'all worth. Like, you know what I'm
2: saying? For sure. And this pandemic definitely, you know, played a huge role because for me, it's just like God is really starting to align everything. Like, this, you can either use this time as an excuse or you can use this time for the better, for sure. But I feel like with everything that's going on around the world, like we won't get a time like this. And I feel like the people, like like the Bible says, whoever first will be last, whoever last will be first.
0: Amen. And for us, black
2: <laughs> people, we've been, we've been pushed back so much. And during this time, it's just like, wow, we really start to, you know, demand change, and demand all these stuff. We can actually change laws and use this time to our advantage. For, so for this movement, it was just like, it's time to do it for the people that's been exploited. And, like athletes have been exploited for so long and athletes as a whole.
1: Yeah. Because it's understood that you want to play ball.
2: For sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: But it's just you. It's just for the for the organization and the team. Let's just say you're at a job at the organization that you're representing at the company you're representing. You have to understand like everybody understands their role, understand that they represent who they're working for, who they're putting their time in for and who they're putting their money in for. So as athletes and guys at schools, you know, y'all just want to feel as though that it's the same thing the other way around you know with covid these regulations and everything that ncaa has going on you know it shouldn't hold you back from understanding your work and overall your health and you making the decision on the overall status quo of everything going on exactly so man like respect
0: (laughs) absolutely so basically before the we are united movement would you say that would you say that your situation at washington state happened before the um kind of before the the coalition between the pac-12 and everything
2: um yeah, before this whole movement, um, you know, there were things that I was thinking about transferring just with the coaching change, but you know, I talked to my parents, they were just like, No, I'll just stick it out. You know, this new coaching staff, since you pretty much knew this office in high school, you might as well just stick it out. You because know? when you when you commit to a school, you're never thinking about transferring to school at all. Yeah. Like never. Never, ever, ever. So um, it's just funny how this movement had formed. Like, when we, first, when we first began, it was just like, we're going to do it silent, you know, keep it away from the coaches because, you know, they're going to try to dismantle and turn guys against each other on the team. You know, if they do. Because this, this movement is just all about dismantling the system and them not caring about our health and safety and just want us to make them money. And so, for me, it was just like I can't be a part of, you know, Black Student Athlete Association. I'm the social chair member for that and be a part of Student Athlete Advisory Committee and student athlete leadership team like I'm so involved with my school and these leadership roles and it's just like I can't be a spokesperson for black student athletes and athletes as a whole and not stand up for this movement I'd be contradicting myself
0: <laughs> 100% it, and you most certainly would be able to be a part of it if you were like you know what I'm saying actually playing and on the roster because that's not what a football player does <laughs> For sure. <Yeah. laughs> like with you kind of driving the needle for athlete empowerment Um, that there was some uh, conversation audio that you were able to get to kind of defend your decision and kind of um, protect the players. You know what I'm saying? So what would you say, how did that conversation go? And what what, what was your intentions behind like recording these instances with your coach?
2: So, you know, having black parents, like they want to know what was said on your end and what was said on his end. So it was basically just to inform my parents, you know, um, about what was said, you know, on my end, what was said on his end and just how it was going because I was just uncertain how the conversation would go. So I just wanted to make sure, you know, I had evidence of what was said because for black people, you know, even if we write, you know, if there's no recording and no evidence, and there's been time when we had evidence, we still in the wrong.
0: 100%. <laughs> and, that's
2: just, and that's just facts. And especially with the coaching and the players' dynamic, the coach is going to win that say-so every time. So for me it's just like I need to cover myself and have evidence on my end. You know, because if I didn't have the recording, people will automatically believe me. And even though I do have this recording, people are still believing him, even if, even though I have the evidence on what Exactly, we're they'll
0: still challenge your, your thoughts, yeah, you know, the exactly. facts. They challenge the facts. That's that's the craziest thing. Like that's yeah, man. It's, it's insane. So, so basically your intentions behind it was, you know, to kind of give the, bring the credibility to the student athlete, rather the coach, sure. you know, who naturally yeah. has this kind of, this kind of like realm of power over, you know, the university, even the college town, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like yeah, imagine great. like I wasn't able to, I, I started making the dog in like 2017 and I was going to drop it then. And that was the peak time when uh the texans owners said we can't let the inmates run the prison yes
2: yes
0: (laughs) that was such a good that was such a perfect time to release the overlooked the docuseries the podcast but here we are three years later and it's become even more amplified you know and especially with guys like you you know like Actually, leading the way and like giving us a voice, you know, individually, you know, because as soon as you started speaking out, multiple players started speaking out as well, and yeah. and man, it's 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 amazing, like it, it's amazing.
1: How do you how do you kind of facilitate and pretty much carry yourself with all the backlash you've been receiving? You know, how are you been able to manage that pretty much?
2: For me, it's just like people gonna have their opinions on anything, any issue, to be honest. But I know how I am as a person, how I was raised. Um, still to this day, I've never said anything about my coach. Like, he's hes went out his way to give me food, brought food to my house and be there for, for me when my teammate passed away. So it's not that he's a bad person. He just handled this whole situation poorly. And for me, if I did something wrong, they will hold me accountable and, you know, do the due diligence to put me in consequences for my actions. And the same should be held for him too. So when you do something wrong, you still got to be held accountable, no matter if you have a high position job or not that's how that's how i feel about it but you know i just been reading books my mom been sending me a whole bunch of books standing my word you know just trying to stay positive cuz you know i was basically ostracized from my team i never thought it would get to that point of all the ways to be cut i never thought i'd get dismissed released or cut from my team this way <laughs> exactly you know and and
0: yeah. <laughs> actually so what is your current st- what is the, what's the current status with Washington State right now like are you officially is it did they send you like the official notice like okay you're officially like cut from the team or like, wh- what is, are you still taking classes Or in what? Is- I
2: mean, I'm still, well, Pac-12 came out with a statement saying that all players have to be rewarded a scholarship and be in good standing with my team. Obviously I'm not in good standing with my team, but what my coach did to me. So for me, when after the phone call, he was basically like, it's one thing to support this movement and it's another thing to opt out for COVID. So I already knew that I'm not going to be on scholarship next year or even after the semester or be on the team, you know, after all this. So wow. it's like God is showing me that I don't need to be here no more. My time is up, so I'm not finna, you know, don't try to do it. something to stay here when the signs are already given.
1: Exactly. And I can completely relate to that, man, because one of my experiences at the college that I was at before, like me and the coach didn't really kind of like get into it, you know. And the thing is, like, you have to make decisions sometimes when just two people just don't have the same, for sure. same goal or the same kind of vision. You know, you gotta make that choice. You gotta make that decision for yourself. Would you,
0: would you continue? Like, say if they offer you um, another opportunity, do you? Is that in the picture at all? Do you feel like um, Washington State will reinstate your eligibility?
2: Um. Well, I talked to my AD um, a couple of days ago, and he didn't even apologize for the whole situation. He basically just told me and my family, I hear you out. But at the same time, like, what was done was done. They just want to know where we go moving forward on my end. So, I mean, it hurt. It was disappointing because, like, I'm a leader, you know, on the team and outside of the team and for my university. So, like, you're not even going to apologize. So, the damage has already been done. For me, it's like, you know, just go home, finish out this fall semester strong, and then go from there.
1: Yeah, so back to you. Let's focus mainly on on you, pretty much as as far as your involvement at Washington Washington State. I know you mentioned a couple of organizations and things that you were you were part of. Could you dive in yeah. deeper to kind of like what all y'all kind of like accomplished while you're doing it?
2: So for the Black Student Athlete Association, that was the biggest one because um, that's never that's never been done at Washington State before. So um, we started that last year or two, I think two years ago, and it was just big because there has never been a safe place for black student athletes and athletes just as a whole for us to, you know, come together and talk and for us to mix and mingle. Because I know for our football facilities, we have our own, you know, our own athletic complex and the other other sports have their own too. So we just separate from everybody. And a lot of us think that we spoiled and stuff. So just having this black student athlete association where all the athletes can join and see like, no, we're not too big to talk to y'all. You know, it's just, it's just good. It just created a more family-oriented um, environment.
1: Yeah. I like that, man. It's dope. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then with SAC, Student-Athlete Advisory Committee, that's just a committee that oversees – there's a leader for each sport, you know, for us to just talk about, you know, what can we do to further the student-athlete voice, um, changes that can be made, you know, from staff who can help the student-athletes more as well. And then with the student-athlete leadership team, Um, They pick a person from each university um, to, you know, talk to the assistant Pac-12 commissioner and the athletic Pac-12 commissioner, you know, just to see, just to keep um, each school at each conference um, informed of, you know, what's going on at each school and ways that the Pac-12 can oversee, you know, the universities together and demanding these changes. Because we got the health and safety um, taken care of and we got our eligibility. So we won that case. And now we're just trying to get the money part. Now, which it may take years down the road, and we knew that, but we're gonna to continue to fight for it, yeah, for sure, it's definitely, for
1: sure, man. So, uh, what are the next steps, man? Like, what's what's your plan moving forward with everything going on, you know?
2: Man, um, it's funny because I was on the phone, the We Are United Leaders, we were on the phone with Senator Cory Booker, oh, nice, and, and he's the senator for uh New Jersey, so we got to talk to him, and it's just funny how a lot. Is riding on this election, you know. So if Joe Biden wins, um, it will be a lot of more Democrats in the Senate and in the House than Republicans. And Since he is a Democrat and the, and Cory Booker is a Democrat as well, they're going to be pushing for athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And so it would help tremendously if you know there is more Democrats in the House to you know push for that. So I mean, this is just a lot, you know, riding on exactly. start on this election. Bro. The and it's just interesting is. to see. But for me, it's like, who's ever in the house, we need to push for, you know, athletes to make money off their name, something and likeness, no matter what. Because that's just the right thing to do.
0: Exactly. Like, equality needs to be, needs to redeem itself as a theme in America, you know? Like, exactly. on the field and off. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, so, what would you say some of your goals are moving forward?
2: One, continue to pursue my dream. Because, you know... Um, I would love to still, you know, try to play football elsewhere if I get the opportunity, but also just continue to demand change and use my voice and my uh, platform. Because, you know, it really hit me when I was on a podcast with some other people. That's was like, wow, Cassie, you're really much like an activist. I was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> for real. Oh, so, yeah. So it's just, it's just crazy how God is unfolding, you know, himself and just using me. Because I never thought that I wanted to be known for playing football. Not this way. So it's just funny how everything is in a itself and just causing me more than my purpose.
0: You and me both, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Man.
1: So you see a lot of these guys, you know, Mike even met, uh, mentioned to say one of them, the basketball players in high school. I think he's like 15 yeah. years old. Would you ever be, be interested in joining, like, some of the top black colleges as well, like, for sports? I mean, even if the opportunity presented itself.
2: For sure. I would love to play for HBCU, you know, just to, you know, be around my people more, you know, Learn more about my own history because there's still so much more that we need to know. So, I would definitely love to represent my people and play for my people.
0: Yeah. Kind of bring the talent, the funding, everything back to HBCUs. I feel like that would really help restore the balance in college athletics.
1: Exactly. HBCUs are growing, man. I yeah, for sure. I'm excited for this movement we have going on, man, because it's going to, I feel like in the next four to five years, man, like even the next two or three, it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good spot, a good feeling, a good vibe to it, man, you know? For sure. It's needed. It's needed, like, so much, you know, especially with these power five schools. like.
0: Oh, yeah, and they would hate that. But so um, has recruiting, like, started at all? Like, I know that we're kind of still in the middle of everything, and we don't even know if there's going to be a season. But uh, would you happen to have any leads on where you think you might be able to, like, kind of go, or that's still in limbo at the moment?
2: It's still a limbo at the moment because I haven't put myself in the transfer portal yet. Um, I'm gonna just wait till I go home and talk to my family more about the whole situation because there's a lot of research that I'm still trying to do, just just in case if I was to hit the portal early, would my school, you know, keep me on an athletic scholarship for the duration of this semester? So it's just a lot of stuff I'm trying to figure out and make sure I know for sure when to hit the portal and when not to.
1: Yeah, your dream plan, design, and execute.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: That's that's the five things that people.
0: What's your What are your thoughts on you know other conferences continuing to play while the Pac twelve and the Big Ten sit out? You know, how do you feel? How does that make you you guys feel?
2: For me, it's like, what are the? I know athletes want to play really bad, but it's like, what will you gain? What will you gain from and putting your life at risk? Like your life is so much more important than you know making these coaches money. Um, and then you know it's just it's just crazy because I know I mean SEC, ACC, uh, Big Twelve they they make they make the most money um, when it comes to those conferences. They big time conferences. I get that, but just know your worth. That's all I'm saying. Know your worth. Stand up. Stand up for your rights. Make them care about your health and safety. Like there's so much money in the NCAA that they don't tell us about. They don't pay taxes. They're a nonprofit. They will support us if we all opt out. Like, there's so much money in the playing field that they don't tell us that I feel like athletes need to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. A lot of money being made under the table, my friend. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. What do you see the significance in these movements like like the significance in We Are United, the significance in Overlook, the significance in We Want to Play. Like what do you, what kind of impact do you think this would have on the future of college sports?
2: Um, I feel like they will start to realize that we need like a a players union, you know, people from each team and conference to, you know, be that voice for because, you know, NFL, they got a player association. And I feel like for college, they need the same thing as well. Because just because we consider amateurs doesn't mean that our voice doesn't need to be heard. Like, it definitely does need to be heard. And they definitely should take into account what athletes care about. And because we make them money. So their employees need to have a union to where we in direct contact with those people in the NCAA.
0: Yeah, totally. And I really hope, <clears throat> I really hope that they are willing to kind of grant us uh, for a sure, college yeah. football players association. I mean, because we definitely need a spokesperson. It shouldn't take like all of us, you know, to kind of say one thing.
2: <laughs> exactly. It shouldn't have to take all of us to be unified for y'all to consider our health and safety. Exactly. Like for the Pac-12, it was a big slap in the face for my school because you cut me for a season that we're not even going to have. <laughs> Man, that's yeah, exactly. And it just proved our point even more that this stuff was not safe to begin with by them canceling the season. Like y'all could have did that a long time ago and just use that time to gather more research, gather more safety protocols, so we can prepare. You know, have a season in the spring if it, if we have it.
0: But no, they wanted to cut the very first player who spoke up and kind of, kind of, kind of <laughs> shake things up. You know, they're just like, oh no, you gotta yeah. go, bro. Like first things first, you gotta go
1: while we we trying to. You know, yeah we we're, we're exactly. trying to finesse <laughs> yeah and it's it's just it's a bad call, it's a bad move, and then I understand with the the liability waivers as well, and just being presented to y'all and other other teams as well like it's just from an athlete's perspective, man, it's like do y'all really care
2: yeah exactly,
1: like understand what we're worried about, so it's just uh man.
0: And I mean, even with the media right now, like sports media is just in a frenzy. There are so many news stories coming up out of Twitter and like there are so many Zoom calls that I'm sure you've been on with a lot of journalists kind of um, kind of swarming you essentially. So how is yeah. it like dealing with the media and all this attention that you've got for actually using your voice?
2: Um, I mean, it's cool. I'm not really I don't really get the big head about stuff like that because at the end of the day, it's about change and not not me per se. Like, that's all I'm concerned about. I could care less about, you know, me getting all this attention as long as it's going in the right direction. That's what I care most about.
0: Totally. And would you say that it's a difference uh, speaking on this platform with former players rather than talking to, like, another sports journalist that just kind of, like, how would you kind of um, dissect the two?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely so much easier to talk to y'all because y'all understand, you know. Y'all know how it is to be an athlete in college. So we both relate in that aspect. There's a lot of journalists who don't fully understand what we go through, so it's hard for them to really dissect on why this movement happened, what was the reason for it, and what was the cause for it. You know? Being and, uh, African, yeah, my bad. Not a, not a no, no, you, go, you can go. You can go.
1: But Yeah, especially to speak on that as well, just being an African-American athlete as well, man, Exactly. <laughs> school that you're representing, let's just say you're just going around at night or just going to the store and everything. Like, let's just say you don't have your school gear on, man. You know, the looks that you get, especially for you, man, like, you're a 6'4", 225-pound guy. Yeah. At the time, I was 6'2", 255. I mean, if I don't have my gear on and I'm walking somewhere, like, yes. it looks at me of just, like, people being skeptical of what I'm going to do. Exactly. And I don't think people like the audience truly understands like that feeling just to get looked at like you're portrayed as a guy who's about to do something bad.
0: A menace to society.
1: Yeah. And I know you could probably even speak more on that, especially in your time. So what was that like for you as well, man?
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, I went to university at Northern Iowa now different, different lane. I mean, I I started at NIU just out just an hour outside the city. Uh, But then it was time for me to transfer So I had to go FCS And it was just a completely different feeling You know like of course I have We got our gear We got our hoodies We got our you know what I'm saying Our backpacks So honestly as a student athlete um, At predominantly white universities That's like us having on our team gear Is like a shield Like that's like a shield Like you know what I'm saying Like I'm not doing anything wrong uh, like, like I'm just, I'm literally a part of the community. I'm, I'm, I'm here with purpose, you know. And it's a yeah. shame that it, it's a shame that
1: it needs to be like that. You know what I'm saying? And I... For sure. And it's just, that's an issue. It it is. know, you deal with that as a black man. You deal with the issues as an athlete. You're dealing with the issues with COVID. You're dealing with the issues of racism, racism oppression. You're dealing with the issues of family that you're dealing with back home. Or just trying to grow in a mental state that you're trying to handle. It's just, you know. You trying to facilitate things and be athletes trying to do things nowadays is tough and people just need to understand, it. you know, okay. you like, you know, you're at a situation right now where you're growing, you're making a decision and you're literally moving with it, mm-hmm. you know, and just handling that is one thing that some people have tough times understanding, you know, Jeez. sure, and I know, man, it's an issue. It's an issue. And I know you probably dealt with it as well, for sure, Cassidy, especially yeah. in everywhere.
2: And it's sad that we get more publicity and praise for being an athlete than being a person that we are. That's what's really sad. Like they glorify, you know, us when we are entertainers instead of, you know, being educationalists and just being regular people.
1: Yeah. There's the things you're a part of right now, and what you just mentioned earlier before, how many people know that? You know, do they value that over you being a Washington State University? (laughs) <laughs> football players talk about the we are united movement do they understand that you are actually more than that you're being you're building a community you're building pre- precautions you're building safety and just overall opportunities in the future at the university so yes yeah. those are things that are valuable that need to be understood need to be valued by others so no. man it's just i got a lot of respect for you for that man
0: yeah, man. Tons of respect for you, Cassidy, 100%. Someone's going to give you a chance. Someone's going to give Cassidy Woods a chance. And what are you looking for in that team or organization that, you know, would bring you in?
2: Shoot, I'm just looking for a coaches just, just to be straight up and just give me that fair opportunity to play. Because I know the type of person, I know the type of athlete that they get. They're going to they're get somebody who's going to work hard. And, you know, I just keep my head down, just do my work. That's all I'm about. That's how I was raised. That's what I was taught to do, and that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a leader for the team, and I'm not going to get in no trouble. Like they, They're not going to get in no troublemaker, and that's really about it.
0: Totally, totally. And another thing, you know your worth exactly yeah <laughs> you know you know your worth and this is this is the summer of athlete empowerment this is the year for everything i feel like this 2020 is the year to hash out everything and i feel like this is also the platform for athlete empowerment and i really thank you you know for joining us today seriously you
2: No, know, i appreciate y'all having me for real i love i love this like I just you know having a giving a voice for you know black student athletes You know, that's that's huge for us because, you know, we so much leaders in our own community, like for just getting out of where we come from. You know People look up to us so much. So I just thank you all for having me on this too. This is big.
1: Thanks again to Cassidy Woods for joining us as our first official guest on the Overlook podcast. We hope you all enjoyed his insight on the Pac-12 player movement, as well as being a collegiate athlete during these unprecedented times. As a
0: reminder, make sure to follow OVL Podcast on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page, and download all of our podcasts both on Spotify and Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have plenty of more interviews with different perspectives on college athletics across the country. Stay tuned for an exciting announcement soon about our next guest. But until then, enjoy these last few days of summer, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Overlook Sports Podcast.